Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hiya, Bobs and Dads. Adventures in collecting is about toys, but it might not be for your children. Especially if you don't like words like fuck or sh or asshole. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome, Welcome to, to Adventures, Adventures in Collecting. Collecting where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi. Dave, two weeks in Eric. a row. Two, full, full-length episode, two weeks in a row. This is like a, this must be a special occasion. It is. Um, you know, I... I, I really have have nothing to add. Like every now and again, you get you get a little surprise, and uh, you know, with February being a shorter month, um, here's your surprise for for this month. I guess we could say this is our Valentine's Day gift to you, our listeners, right? Because this is the day before Valentine's Day. This is yeah, good old Monday the thirteenth. Um, um, yeah, yeah. So happy Valentine's Day. Listeners. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Our gift to you is is two weeks in a row of full length episodes and uh and a new a new friend of the pod, a new guest, a first time guest. Um you may you may uh sense kind of a theme here, you know, back to back episodes, you know, cool stories about indie toy makers who are making uh who are making wrestling figures. Uh so so you know we're 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 continuing the trend here. Um mm-hmm. You know, running a successful toy store these days is is no small feat, especially, you know, surviving the pandemic and, and everything that we just kind of went through the last two years. But doing it while starting your own wrestling figure line in a in an already crowded field is a is another story entirely. Uh this week's guest is doing just that. Joining us to tell uh to tell us about his store, 
and the new grapplers and gimmicks line is the hustle man himself, Mitch, from Hassle Toy. Mitch, welcome to Adventures in Collecting. Hey, what's up, boys? How are we doing today? Doing We're doing well. Thank, thank Happy you for, Valentine's uh... Day to everybody out there. Yes. Nothing but love from Mitch from Hastel Toy. Uh, and I mean that sincerely. We're, nice. we're going to give you some audio audio treats. That's Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Sure. You know? I mean, my wife says nice things about my audio. I don't know. Maybe I could just share it with the entire world now. So There you go. Perfect. But Perfect. thank you sincerely for having me on, and it's a, it's a pleasure. I'm glad I, I finally made it to the podcast, um, and uh, you know I'm excited to talk about all things uh, grapplers and gimmicks and, uh, and toys. So it's my life, so I like talking about it. So before we, we jump into the toy line and the store, the first thing that we like to ask all of our guests, as this is a show about collecting, uh, what are you currently collecting, and what are some of the uh, more recent things you've picked up? Well, personally, I, uh, I, I don't know if it's sadly or if it's, uh, you know, intelligently, but, uh, I don't collect wrestling stuff anymore. Uh, it's been like that for, for quite a few years now. Uh, basically since I've, uh, I took the next step and I took the leap of, um, you know, uh, selling toys for a living. Uh, I figured since we do a lot of wrestling stuff, and especially in the beginning, uh, Hastel Toy was all wrestling. There was no uh, there was no Ninja Turtles or any other such things. So um, I just cut out wrestling from my diet uh, as far as figures go. And uh, you know, uh, it's sad. it was very sad in the beginning, but um, but you know, I survived, and uh, you know, now I provide them. The less I collect the more I can give to the public because it's less stuff that I'm keeping and hoarding for myself. So, but I do, uh, I do like, uh, the most recent thing I bought was probably the NECA Dracula, Bella Lugosi Dracula. Um, we had them cause we obviously are an official retailer of NECA. Uh, so when I get them, uh, those are the things I usually wind up hoarding is, uh, you know, one of each of those from the case. So, we did get recently the Dracula Bella Lugosi, and I kept also his coffin, which was the uh, accessory pack for uh, for old Drac himself. So those are the new the newest thing uh, those are the newest things that I got. Um, but I do collect a lot of like Universal Monsters stuff, horror memorabilia, Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, um, and I do all different scales: Indiana Jones, Batman Returns, my favorite Batman movie. So awesome. I coll- <clears throat> collect lots of Batman Returns stuff. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, but the wrestling figures, uh, I, I will have to throw in there that little little Hassel Junior there, my son Mitch uh, Junior. He he does collect a lot of uh, wrestling figures. So through him, uh, I get to uh, I get to still live my childhood uh, through my son's eyes, and I get to play wrestling with him. So. There's uh, nothing wrong with a little vicarious yeah. collecting. Yes, but, uh, yeah, nothing at all. Uh, me too. And so, you know, he, he likes to try to put me in wrestling moves now, and uh, <laughs> it's always fun to watch your, you know, sixty-pound son who's eight years old try to, you know, he thinks he's going to suplex you or something onto the <laughs> bed or something like that. Uh, but I just go along with it, you know what I mean? And uh, you know, I, I gotta admit, I, I've t- I've jobbed a lot to my son, so. 
I was going to say, if you, are you not putting the kid over, Mitch? Come on. I have to. You know, <laughs> even if it's just a you know, finger poke of doom from my son, I have, to, I have to do it. You know what I mean? So. It's, it's fair. It's a fair, it's a fair outcome. <laughs> so, but, uh, so you mentioned the store. Um, yes. How did you get into the collectible business? Well, I mean, I'm uh, a lifelong collector of action figures. So that's mainly thanks to my mom because uh, she kind of pushed me in that direction, I guess, when I was younger, um, which at the time, I guess, video games were still kind of in their infancy uh, as far as Nintendo. I remember when I got my first NES, but that's a story for another time. But uh, I always loved playing with action figures. I thought it was cool that you could always, you know, do different things and uh, you use your imagination. So that's why I kind of, I'm kind of happy that my son is one of the rare kids these days that still enjoys uh, playing with toys. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so lifelong collector. Um, and then, you know, as time went on, like early two thousands, like 2007, 2008, um, I, I got my first account with a major toy company, which was Jack's uh, Pacific at the time. And then I started doing, um, you know, uh, buying wholesale and, and selling wrestling figures and stuff like that. Um, sadly, it, it didn't last that long because only a few short years later, Mattel took over. And as much as we know and love Mattel, uh, their minimum order quantities and stuff to get stuff directly from them is uh, a, a lot more than it was with Jax. So, um, so I kind of dipped out a little bit there. And then... Uh, I believe it was like 2017 was when the retros came out. Uh, so I started buying those uh, and then I quickly morphed into me reselling used Hasbro's and then it just turned into like a second job. And then, you know, after that, it's kind of just snowballed from Hasbro's to old Jack's figures to LJN's to, you know, so on and so forth. And then from that spawned all the other good geek things that we love to collect, uh, Marvel superheroes and, um, you know, all that other good stuff. So it kind of just, uh, it just happened. And, uh, I mean, I've, I'm, I've owned a DJ company for 23 years. That was my real job for a long time. Uh, you know, weddings, sweet 16s, communions, mitzvahs, things like that. Uh, MC DJ get out there and show them how it's done type thing. Uh, and then that kind of just turned into, you know, this is a side job. Basically the, the toys, the selling the toys uh, was basically just to kind of recoup the money that I had spent on my own toy addiction. So I don't know. It just happened. And then I kind of started dealing with Cardona before he even had a podcast about toys and then he kind of helped put me on the map. And that's why I say as much as they bust my bananas, um, <laughs> uh, to say it, uh, you know, kindly, uh, you know, it's all in love. I know that. And, uh, and you know, if you know, you know, right. So mm -hmm. that's it. Yep. So they helped me out a lot. So I always, I'm always indebted to them. Uh, those guys. So in all, in all the years, you know, of, of kind of doing the store now and, and, you know, seeing the different things come through the shop, uh, what are some of the craziest things that you've had the opportunity to uh, to kind of pass along to other collectors? Wow, countless countless amounts of Hasbro's for sure. You know, uh, 
that was like my claim to fame at one time. I guess I was the Hasbro guy for a while, you know what I mean? Online. Uh, and then, so any, all those rare ones, mail away Hogan's, uh, mail away undertakers. Um, it's still kind of hard to decipher whether you have a mail away Bret Hart or not, because, you know, they still put that purple heart Bret as a variant in one of their series there. So, but yeah, mail aways, uh, prototypes, uh, several of which that I sold to, uh, our friend, Matt Cardona, uh, mention him again. Um, but uh, I think we have but, to pay him a dollar every time we say his name. I think is that's that right. <laughs> I think he he should pay me a dollar every time. <laughs> <laughs> that son of a gun. Um, but I had a Diesel wrestling buddy, which I sold to Matt, and I know he still has that in his collection. It was the prototype, one of the prototypes for the Just Toys uh, wrestling buddies that never came out. So that was the first thing I'd sold to him, which was probably one of the rarest things that I ever acquired. Um, you know, and then. There were a couple other things too that I kind of either indirectly uh, or directly helped him acquire. One of them may or may not be the diesel uh, two-up head wax sculpt from somebody who used to work for Hasbro. Um, and then, you know, there was a couple other things that were super rare that I, they elude me right now. But I know I definitely, uh, you know, most of this rare, rare stuff went to that guy. So... So with that rare stuff, like, were you actively seeking those kinds of things out or were they coming into you as, you know, because you had kind of developed the reputation as like the Hasbro guy? That is a great question. And I don't think anybody's ever asked me that before. Uh, usually have to volunteer that information. But uh, the uh, originally it was before I had a storefront or anything like that. It was me going out and and hunting and hunting and hunting and like, you know, lead after lead. And it just, you know, it's not easy, you know, especially now with the power of the Internet and everything like that. Like people know what stuff is worth for the most part. It's not like you can just and not that you want to deceive people either, but, you know, to try to get some sweet deals where you want to kind of capitalize on it and, and build a company. Those flea uh, market like, days are over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you have professional thrifters out there. You know what I mean? That's like that says it all, right? I mean, these people are literally making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year just thrifting stuff, you know. But uh, but yeah, so in the beginning it was really hard. It was uh, you know, going out and but then once you start um, you know, making nice with people and they see that you're a pretty decent fella and uh, there's a lot of these other folks out there that are not so kind. Um, they start coming to you, you know what I mean? And it's like, Hey, listen, I, I just got this medical bill and you know, I need the money and you know, can you help me out? You know what I mean? It's not always like people are always thinking of like, and it's God forbid, it's sad to say, but people are always thinking about like the, you know, arm scratching people that are coming in and, you know, looking for money to do, you know, things, you know, um, a lot of the time it is people that, you know, need money for legitimate medical expenses or need money to pay bills, or they had a car accident and they need a car. Or... So there's always those people. And, you know, like I, I think I had a good reputation and I still do for giving people like top uh, resale dollar for this stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's guys that want to pay you, you know, 50 cents a 50 cents a Hasbro. And, you know, I was out there paying a few dollars a Hasbro. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, it's a great question. I, it, they, they, a lot of the time now, especially with, 
you know, everything that went on the last few months moving here and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it's, it's, it's kind of refreshing that I can just kind of have people come to me and, and give me stuff, you know what I mean? So, but yeah. yeah, that's, that seems, seems to be like a common thread for what we've heard from other people where it's like, you know, once you are kind of known to be like, you know, a friendly place for things to go and like, you know, somebody who kind of looks out for, for the hobby, um, you know, that stuff tends to find you. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of that comes from too, like the fact that I still am a collector, you know, obviously not wrestling stuff anymore, but still collecting stuff and still trying to piece together like vintage collections and stuff of, of figures I had when I was a kid. Um, you know, I know the deal, man. Like, you know, you know how many times like I was in years ago where I was in need of money uh, to pay bills or make rent or whatever the story was. Um, and I would sell my stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, so I know what it feels like and it, it, and it's, it really sucks to have to, to have to do it. Um, but I, I just kind of, and I, and I was lucky enough that I had a lot of friends in this business that I was able to, when I had to do things like that to make money that I was always there, my friends were always there for me and I was always able to get a decent amount of money for stuff. So kind of just want to pay it off, pay it forward, I guess, or however they like to say it these days, these kids you know, but, but it's, uh, I feel like an old man. I'm 40 years old people, but I feel like 140 sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you're, 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 you're amongst peers in that, oh, in that regard. Yeah. So Cheers. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's how hobbies kind of survive too, is with that pay it forward. Like the next generation has, if the previous generation just keep everything, the next generations don't get a chance to know what it is. Yep. And that's, that's another thing too. And that's why like, I, I came up with this whole algorithm of why Hasbro's became so valuable at one point, you know, and, and a lot of that has to do with what you just said too. And part of that is the reason, you know, a, it was because the retros came out. So it reinvigorated everyone to go and buy these Hasbro's that they had when they were kids, uh, which was great. And kudos to Mattel for doing that. And they're really the ones responsible for the revival you know, the old school wrestling figures, you know, um, the other thing was, you know, over time, you know, these things get lost or they get destroyed or they go down in a ship or God forbid there's a fire and people lose their stuff. And, you know, there's, well, somebody stuck a firecracker up ultimate warriors rear end and it blew up, you know, like, so there's, there's, as time goes on, you know, since 1990, they've, you know, they've, depleted more and more and then you have all the customizers that broke them apart you know so and then the last thing that i i kind of you know came up with was that like what you said like they're getting locked up in collections you know what i mean and now people aren't letting them go because they went through hell and high water to to get these things you know what i mean so now they're like i'm not you know this is going to my detail you know what i mean I'll, they could bury this shit with me you know that's the, that's you know uh so I don't know. It kind of kind of tied into what you said. I ramble sometimes. People get over it, uh, but uh, but yeah. So very true what you said. You guys make some really good points. I got to tell you, I've been on like probably six or seven podcasts since I started the toy line, and uh, you know, you guys got some good stuff, man. I'm very impressed. I will. Well, I mean that sincerely. So. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We try. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. do what we can. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the I think it's people that are true collectors, and that's that's the heart of it. You know what I mean? 
if you're um, just somebody out there looking to make money, and obviously the money is good, and obviously I have to pay my bills too, but uh, when you're a collector, you understand, uh, you know, unless you've lost your way over time, but you understand like what needs to be done and, uh, you know, uh, how, you, how you should treat others. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's. So you mentioned you've been doing a little bit of a, of a tour here, you know, because you have some, you have some news, you know, yeah. as, as you've, uh, you've recently launched your, your own toy line. So yeah. uh, tell us how, how did uh, Grapplers and Gimmicks uh, come to exist? It's, uh, it's a song as old as time, people. I, uh, I started mid, you know, mid early nineties uh, when the Hasbro's were, you know, ceased to exist uh i just was one of those people that couldn't let go and they were just so near and dear to my heart that i would literally make customs i took paint and paintbrush and broke heads off of hasbro's and uh this is way before the boom so obviously they were getting them for like three for ten dollars and you know even kb had them for a little bit after that but um but uh man if i had a time machine but <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Bargain, yeah. bargain bin Hasbro's. We, we, yeah, I remember the I remember those those KB rolling oh, carts of just filled with. Yep, yep. I I remember how it smelled. Like I remember <laughs> going into KB and how it. They used to have those. They were like, uh, how do you describe it? It's almost like if if you know what if you're listening and you know what grid wall was, and if you weren't around and you weren't alive uh, in this time to be in KB. Um, they were like grid walls, uh, like these. It was almost like a, a basket, but a big one with wheels on it. And they mm-hmm. would just dump them. They must have literally just d- opened up the cases and dumped them into this. Yep. Into no this one cared box. about mint cards. No, no. Yeah, it's it's and like it was, how you see DVDs at Walmart now. Like it's yeah, or, like, or dollars. Like, like yes, dollars. Yes, like yes. Dollar Walmart store. DVDs. Yeah. Thank you for the analogy. That's exactly yeah. what the f they were. Like when you go to Walmart and they have these DVDs for five bucks or three bucks or ten, whatever it is, and that, and you know, mix and match movies. That's exactly what it was. It was those exact things. They had those grids on them. Um, and holy cow, man! Like I remember, like it was yesterday. I, I, I obviously grew up and lived in New York most of my life until I moved here to Ohio, but. Uh, I had the, it was the Queen Center Mall, it was right across the street from where I went to high school. And literally, we walk, walk right across the street from Cathedral Prep. Uh, that's where I went to high school. And there was a KB in that Queen Center Mall. And I remember leaving, I remember the day like it was yesterday. I remember leaving school and going to the mall. And holy crap, I went downstairs, uh, down the escalator, because KB was on the bottom floor at the time, right outside the escalators. And I went into KB, and I saw this freaking giant bin of Hasbros, and I was literally almost shit my pants. I remember seeing this, and I'm like, now, this meant I mean a lot to a lot of other people at the time, like at the time. But for me, it was like, holy crap, now, like, you know... I have all this, like I was literally buying them at the time, uh, a lot of the time just to rip them open and break them apart to make other Hasbros, which sounds crazy now. But then it was like three for $10. You know how many Hasbro, how many wrestlers I can make out of these guys? You know what I mean? Oh man. But again, the smell, I, I just remember that smell of the plastic and the, 
and the cardboard, you know, you would be digging through this stuff. And I'm sure that girl behind the counter thought I was insane. Uh, but I remember, and of course, you know, I had a limited budget then I was only working, you know, part-time or whatever. So, you know, I remember spending like my entire part-time paycheck in there at one shot, like buying all the, I walked out with those big KB bags, you know, with Hasbro's loaded up, you know, they definitely thought I was insane for sure. Digging through them, looking for where are those orange and yellow cards? There's oh, got to be one, right? They have to one, dude. You did. I'm like, holy crap, because my that was my first thought. Like, holy shit. Like, am I gonna find diesel in here? Because it was like the rumors were out there already. Like, yep. you hadn't seen any of the prototype because there was no internet people. Not until like I think I got into like sophomore year of high school. There was no internet. Okay, uh, so you didn't know anything. Like, all we knew was the Hasbro's were done. And that this company Jax was taken over, and it took them a year to produce a figure. But uh, but there might be one more series. There might be one more series. Uh, but holy shit, man! I, I remember digging. I saw the. I remember Razor was in there. Kamala was in there. Owen Hart maybe. There was Bret Hart from that series. There, there was really a weird assortment. There was. Um, <clears throat> I think there was an IRS. Uh, I'm trying to remember everything that was in there. But I remember there were some foreign cards in there, if I'm not mistaken. I think they had, like, surplus of Spanish cards and French cards. They were not in the English language, and that may or may not have been the first time I've even seen those because I remember, you know, collecting them from the beginning. And obviously we didn't we didn't get the foreign cards at Toys R Us or anything like that. So I remember seeing those. Uh, oh, man, what a good time. What a, what a great trip down memory lane this has been yeah. that's also depressing because i'm old as shit now thanks guys <laughs> yeah. Dude, like you know it's one of those things where when you get together with people like that are that are from you know our generation yeah like especially on the east coast because we you know, we're, we're we're in new jersey we grew up you know grew up in new jersey still still here you know mm-hmm. mill creek mall and sea caucus in in a sea caucus in caucus um or you know, uh, Willowbrook Mall in, in uh, Wayne. In Wayne, yeah. But, like, my fondest memories of KB, like, I can literally, if I close my eyes, I can picture exactly where it was. Not only is that KB gone, obviously, but the mall that it was in is also gone. Oh, um, but, like, I can vividly remember the smell of the mall. I can remember oh. the, 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 like, brown tile floors that were in uh, Mill Creek Mall. I can remember the way that the, like... The like floor to ceiling, like those like glass door windows were like yep. up, and like you could before you even got to the store, like there were certain there were certain like a card gazebo backs. in the middle of the mall. Oh yeah. yeah, there were certain card backs that like you could see from a mile away. So like I remember in yep. in ninety nine when when mm-hmm. you know Hasbro put out the uh, the the episode one Phantom Menace figures, and they had those giant you know the giant Darth Maul yep. head was on the card back. And that it was right on like the front display window. And before you even got to the store, you were like, there's a wall of figures waiting for me. Like, yes. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's something, unfortunately that like, I don't know if people are ever going to really properly experience again with like new stuff, you know, like I will tell you this in where I am now. Uh, Cause I moved from one part of Ohio to like a 20 minute away uh, in Ohio. We're in Hartville now. Uh, we were in Canton, but what happened was um, the foot traffic in the store that I had originally opened in Ohio was terrible. Uh, it wasn't that it was a bad store. We had a beautiful store, floor to ceiling, um, 
And it was like 1,500 square feet, great store, great whatever customers we did get in there that were organic, great customers. We made definitely some new friends, but it just wasn't – for the amount of rent I was paying there, it was not – it could not exist because I was taking my money from all my online sales and other things and shows and things like that that we do. And I was paying bills for the store with that, which can't be if you're going to run a successful business. So I, I did it for a few months. Uh, but it had to be moved. So I moved to this other spot in Hartville, which it's called the Hartville Marketplace. And it's basically, if I had to describe it, it's not like a flea market that we know in New Jersey or New York or Long Island or anything like that. It's a market, it's a flea market technically, but it's set up almost like a mini shopping mall. So everybody Mm -hmm. has their own booth. They have restrictions on people that you have to be there at certain times and you know, um, and even though you're, you know, an independent contractor, you still got to kind of like be there when they're open. You know what I mean? So when I design this store or well, space, uh, I wanted it to kind of look like when you go to Comic-Con, because uh, we do New York Comic-Con every year. But I wanted it to look like a Comic-Con, you know, booth, a massive one. But also I kind of wanted it to be like a KB. Uh, and the reason for that is because as much as I love Toys R Us, I don't know how it was by you guys, but when you went to Toys R Us, most of the time, nine out of 10, they didn't have shit because people would, it was such a big store that they always had to cater to different like things. And then they had the babies R Us stuff and the diapers and all. So it was like, you know, you hardly ever found anything at Toys R Us. When you went to KB, I felt like because they specified, they didn't have diapers and baby wipes and formula and shit like that. They had figures. That was what you went there. And when you went there, they had stuff. Like there was – no matter what, I, I, I honestly cannot remember ever going into a KB and not buying something because they always had at least one thing that I liked. Maybe it's because I collected too much shit. And I was in too much, you know, I was into too many different action figures, but I always found something, be it Rocky, superheroes, wrestling, you know what I mean? There was always something there to buy, you know what I mean? So, but in any case, so this, when I designed this thing, when you approach it, my spot, my store, my space, whatever you want to call it, there's figures hanging on the outside, there's figures hanging on the inside, there's, I I got like 500 square feet right now, and let me tell you, man, I fit... 2,000 square feet worth of shit in here neatly. Uh, and, I, you know, I really – I was proud of myself. I'm very That's proud awesome. of myself. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about, by the way. I've been to one of those in, like, rural Pennsylvania. Yeah. We drove past one, and I, I was, like I, – I was so confused. Dave, you remember that one time I sent you the pictures of, like, that rest the wrestling yeah. figure one? We were yeah. in PA – and it, it was the same thing. It said flea market. And I was like, oh, cool. Like flea market usually has like good snacks. Like we were out yeah. doing mm-hmm. something like let's we I had we had my daughter with with us and we were like a handful of tables outside. Yeah, we were like, let's stop. We'll grab some like fun flea market food, you know, and a repa maybe and, and hit the road. <laughs> and then I, we, we started walking around and I was like, I, this is like uh, unlike anything I have ever seen in New Jersey. And sure enough, the one of the spaces was a wrestling figure one. And I just started sending Dave pictures. I was like, Dave, you got to get in the car. <laughs> <Like> you got, <laughs> Yeah. But it was, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's wild how, you know, 
just shifting from one space to another can can completely, you know, it, change your foot traffic. It's it's to, it's so much better there. You know what I mean? And and like I said, it it really it had nothing to do with me because we I had a lot of the people that followed you. The great the great thing about going from New York and at, the, at one time we were running both stores for a short period of time before I decided to move here. But like the cool thing is that like I never got I never got to meet the people that were following me for all these years that lived in Ohio. And I I don't know why, but I never realized that like how big of a collecting community Ohio is, you know? And I had people coming in like literally that have been buying from me for years and they just, they would just come in and they would like hug me and they're like, thank you. Like for all the good deals over the years. And, and I've literally had this happen several times and I'm like, you know, you catches you off guard, you know, but it's like, it's, it's awesome because I, I didn't realize, like, I, I feel like even before I moved here, I kind of had a place here because of the collectors and the loyal people that, that followed me on Instagram and, you know, bought stuff from me on my website and stuff like that. So, um, but it's, it's just so cool, man. I'm, I, I'm, I'm so happy. My, my bills are much less now too, which, you know, now it also afforded me the opportunity to, um, start my own convention, which I felt like it was fate. You know what I mean? Not only with the toy through the toy company and then, you know, now doing like my own toy shows and stuff like that. It's, um, it's really cool, man. And and then definitely like all going to be geared towards fans. Like it's not, again, it's not all going to be just about making money. It's, it's about doing something that I love to do, you know, and I, you're so grateful for it. You know what I mean? People say blessed, you can say whatever you want, but it's, it's, uh, it's great, man. I just, you know, a lot of people get up in the morning, they hate their jobs. They, you know, I, I gotta be grateful for the things that I have. You know what I mean? Like I always try to look at the glasses half half full type thing, you know. And now a word from our sponsors. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom and pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement, searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at 106 Main Street in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at ChubsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Pop into a new career with CGC, the world leader in pop culture collectibles grading. CGC is seeking world-class Funko Pop experts to lead a new division dedicated to authenticating and grading collectible toys. This is an incredible opportunity to help build a new grading service in a hot collectibles category. Think you can play the part? Apply today at cgcgrading.com forward slash careers. That's cgcgrading.com forward slash careers. Breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, 
The technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code AIC for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, Dave. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. Eric, it all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-Blade is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency. That brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. Kit doesn't end there, though. They've created four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. First, there is the Beard Shampoo and Conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, and replace natural oils and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's Beard Oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath, while adding a little shimmer and shine, making you look extra fine. Cap it all off with the Beard Balm a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look. It also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, a comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So what are you waiting for? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code AIC. Manscaped Beard Hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. And now back to the show. So speaking of that full glass, let's let's get back to the the toy line itself. So sure. the actual launch of of grapplers and and gimmicks. How did how did you get there? Oh man, like I said, just the um making the customs since I was a kid. And, um, I always knew like in my mind, like how I would want them to look if they had continued. And also the guys that I was making customs of in 95, 96, 97, 98. Uh, I think I was doing them up until almost the year 2000 when I graduated, uh, high school. So I was still, still making them then. You know what I mean? And, it may not have been as much because then I started driving and then I started going out with girls and stuff like that. But, uh, but you know, uh, it, 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 that's where it all spawned from, you know, like you're not probably, you guys are not are listening, not going to be able to see this, but this is the, this is the original Godfather custom that I made <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, so that's what I based the, that's what I based the, the actual, godfather on 
So you could see there was an inspiration there. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. The only thing that I changed a little bit was that I, I decided not to give him as many tattoos because I wanted it to be uh, as close as possible to the original Hasbro's. You know what I mean? You when you you put them together, you know what I mean? They look like they were they were supposed to be in the same. This is Ahmed, by the way. Uh, they look like they were supposed to be in the same generation. That's why, like, when I speak to my sculptors and stuff, I tell them like. That looks too good. <laughs> it's, it's like, they think I'm insane. All right. And I'm like, no, I want them to look old. Like, I want them to look old. That's too detailed. <laughs> to I, me, this looks amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is the way I want it to look. But they, that they literally great, think. But I'm going to need it to look a little shittier. You're going to need yeah. to. <laughs> yes. Like, I, like. Yes, that's that's what I tell them. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, I, and not that they, they trust me. I stand behind my my inspirations here and my vision. Uh, they don't look shitty. Trust me. I, t I promise you. You know, I'm not in any way demeaning my my product here. But I will say that I believe in my heart, and this is not a. I, I believe everybody's doing God's work. If you're making a four and a half inch wrestling figure that's meant or inspired by the Hasbro's, you get my love. And, and I mean that sincerely. And that goes to, you know, Chella, zombie, whoever decides to brush, of course, you know, my buddy, Sal brush collectibles doing, uh, he's doing the, uh, Zabisco and, uh, Jonah yeah, we've, and all those we've, we've had Sal on the show. We've had, we've had, we've had zombie. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just collecting everybody. Yes. And I love this. I, uh, so, you know, I, I love them all, but I want mine to look as close as possible to the old ones. I don't want them to be too detailed. Uh, I don't want them to be too shitty, but they have to have that. This has got to be that balance between, um, there's got to be that balance between realistic and cartoony. And as we all know and love, the Hasbro's had like a perfect blend. And that's why, in my opinion, they're the greatest wrestling toy line that was ever made. And it's because they, they took the best of both worlds, the action figure look, and they took the realistic look, and they kind of just put them together. And it was like the perfect recipe. So that recipe... Uh, whereas it'll never be, no matter what, it'll never be as perfect. But uh, I will try to get it as close as I can to to that. So, so you mentioned you mentioned the smoke train, Charles Wright, yep. um, Tony Norris, Savio uh -huh. Vega, Mark Can Canterbury. Um, I think you had Dennis Knight in there too. Um, and you mentioned like your inspiration is all those figures that you tried to make as customs. Right. Um, will the line continue to focus on the attitude? Era? Well, that's the thing. So we're, we're in like the, where like the middle of the new generation era was, uh, which is where I feel like the Hasbro's left off. And then there was like a, a year or two or three more of like that new generation, you know, over the top characters. Right. And then we went into the Attitude Era, which, to your credit, yes, that's where the Smoke Train uh, saw his, I guess, rise to, you know, intercontinental fame, right? Because before that, he was Papa Shango uh, and then and Kama also. So, so yes, so it will. 
my 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 vision was to like I said before before I got sidetracked again was uh I'm gonna make the guys to continue to continue the line and I if, if they were still producing figures now I want to make those guys that uh were inspired by that generation you know what I mean so yeah so Savio um uh, um, Tony Norris, uh, you know, some of the other guys that we have, uh, Mark Canterbury, Dennis Knight, those guys would have, I think would have been made if it continued another year or two down the road. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of was my hope, which I think, uh, you know, some of the other companies are touching on too, like that Jeff Jarrett, amazing. You know what I mean? Looks like the orange card. I've already seen people taking it off and, you know, and I respect that so much, like taking it off and then putting it on their own card that, you know, that was orange with the, you know, the WWF logo on it and everything like that. Like I just saw it the other day, actually. It looks so cool the way the guy did it. Um, but yeah, you, that's, that's definitely my goal to try to fill in the gaps, I guess, is the best way to put it. You know, and, and it's so interesting hearing everybody talk about everybody that's making a a retro baseline so like whether it's steve ozer you know talking from like the marketing level at, at mattel or right you know, he's a great guy by the way he is he is and, yeah you totally. know and we've had the opportunity to chat with him about you know what mattel's doing with the the hasbros and kind of like that what mattel's doing with the hasbros what mattel is doing with, with the, the retros, retros. <laughs> retros. Well, yeah, we know what you mean <laughs> But it's yeah. it's one of those things where it's so to to us it's so yeah. fascinating to hear how everyone has their own approach to how they're filling the gaps like right like you know they're literally because they have you know the WWE master license and like they have some of these yes. guys locked up that like they could do rhythm blues Greg Valentine like they yeah. like they can do that kind of stuff versus you know what Sal's doing with Rush where it's like. Wouldn't it be cool if Larry's Abis- like Larry Zabisco had a retro style yeah. figure? Like, I'm gonna make mm-hmm. my favorite wrestlers that like completely forget about, you know, didn't get made would right. have never in a million years gotten made. Right. Like you that know? French Angel figure, it looks yeah. so cool, man. Like <laughs> even if you have no freaking idea who the guy is, that figure looks awesome. And I've I speak to Sal every day, you know, for extended periods of time and he's you know we video chat and like i'm like let me see that french i don't know what it is about it i always like these oddity type guys and i i just think that figure is figure is awesome yeah so and even like his twist with like doing the horror themed figures in that in that like that yeah. has style like you know and of course you know zombie is just crushing it you know making yeah, kind of getting modern but also yep. filling old yeah, gaps like, like that dan Housen figure is everywhere ridiculous oh yeah yeah, it's a it's a great it's it's one of the great the great ones that he's done. I uh, I think the the Jeff Jarrett's really awesome. I think the mm-hmm. I love the Dino Bravo. I thought that yep. was cool. Like you know, he definitely should have had a Hasbro. I don't know what happened there. because uh, so, he was so still it, around. You know, yeah. But it's just it's so cool to see because because one of the questions that inevitably always comes up is like everybody's making retro style figures now. It's like a, a, there seems to be a new company making a retro style figure every day. But right. if you stop and actually look at it and you stop and you, you think about it and look at it, nobody's stepping on anybody's toes because everybody's doing it slightly differently. Right. And it's, every, it's, it's, it's very unique. You know, it's like you can go to, 
You can go to Wendy's. You can go to uh, – I know everybody hates the fast food and they rib me about it too on the podcast, especially for my um, my me being my own mascot. But uh, I'm not going there with it this time, folks. Uh, uh, you can go to Wendy's and get a hamburger. You can go to McDonald's, get a hamburger. You can go to Burger King, get a hamburger. And even Arby's has hamburgers now. But they're all amazing, but they all taste different. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing. You know what I mean? It's uh, we're we're all doing the figures that are in the same scale. That ha- I I I feel in my heart that all these guys, uh, including Zombie, including Sal, including Cello or Wrestling Trader, whatever they're called now, there's a reason that we're doing this, and it's not to become millionaires. At least that's not my reason. It's just to do something that you know maybe we wish would have been done back then. You know what I mean? Or wish – could you imagine the Hasbro's ran from 1990 to 2023? Uh, like if they, they had never left, you know, the license to somebody else, you know what I mean? Like – You'd have everybody. You'd have think everybody. Think about how many Hasbro's we'd have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they would all look, you know, the same for the most part. You know what I mean? The same scale, the same um, – so, I mean, I get – you know, I remember being so pissed when – Jack's got the license and they were taller than the Hasbro's. I'm like, I get what their reasoning was because they had to make guys again to sell more figures. You know, there's a whole business model behind that. Right. So they had to make them different scale because they had to sell more Bret Hart's. They had to sell more undertakers. They had to sell more Shawn Michaels. Uh, I don't agree with it personally, only because, uh, they could have made multiple different outfits of most of those guys, so it didn't have to be. And plus, there was all these characters that never even got made, so they could have just made them the same scale. But in any case, uh, that's where we had the Bendems. The uh, I remember the Just Toys Bendems, and I got that Diesel Bendem, and it was the same height as the Hasbro's. And I remember losing my shit because back in the day, our brains made I, it work. Yes, and I swear, I swear, man, like. They didn't even advertise those Bendems. I remember going into Toys R Us and finding those, seeing those Bendems on the on the pegs, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this? Like, what are these Bendems? Like?" And then I remember seeing them because they. I mean, my, I could be imagining this, but I'm almost positive they came out before the Bone Crunchers came out because there was that gap in between 94 and 95 which they didn't they didn't they never got released or was it 95 and 96 whatever it was but there was no there were no wrestling figures for that time so i remember going in there and like holy crap like what are these things these are not the ones that i pre-ordered from ringside collectibles in its infancy you know what i mean uh, cuz they were the ones that first had them i remember getting a flyer in the parking lot from ringside saying pre-order these figures and we didn't know how big they were at the time. We just ordered them because they were on this pink – I think it was a pink flyer. I'm not mistaken. And I remember it was a black and white picture, and it was like, call this number, and you can pre-order your your Jacks figures. This, is, yeah. this happened, people. If you're listening to this and you're a little younger it's than real. us, this really happened. This I went to Nassau Coliseum, and John from Ringside, before he was John from Ringside uh, – he was handing out these flyers with his friends, and that's that's how it got started. At least that's how I remember it. So, so now that you have uh, some of these uh, these talents 
uh, signed, like you know, like Charles Wright. Um, are there plans to do any of their other kind of characters or any of the other uh, personas that they represented in the ring? It's. Um, I feel like I've been. Um, I've been very fortunate, uh, you know, to to be granted uh, certain things that I did, and uh, you know, the smoke train. Um, what the problem is is that uh, WWE owns like Papa Shango and Kama and things like that, so it's really it's a really uh, it's a gray area. I know there are companies out there that just go ahead and do whatever the hell they want. Um, I'm not. I don't want to be one of those guys because I don't want. And have I don't want to have any enemies in this business, and I've done everything in my power to, you know, n- avoid drama and avoid having any kind of um, issues with any anybody. You know what I mean? Um, so the sad thing is, probably not. Um, only because you know we, I don't want to. I you know I don't have. I'm not a, a millionaire. I I can't afford to have any of these kind of issues happen. So I, I say I'm very fortunate that I've been, you know, permitted to do certain things and uh, that I was able to do things. Um, but sadly, um, you know, I don't think certain things like that we can't do. However, uh, there will be, uh, I can tell you this, this is breaking news maybe because I haven't announced this anywhere else and not even on my social media. But there will be a different um, colorway variant for uh, for the smoke train, likely. So he'll have a different different color outfit on, you know, limited edition type thing. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, and then uh, we got Mark Marrow. So I'm thinking we do Mark Marrow. Uh, maybe we could do uh, uh, a Johnny B. Bad type figure. So there will be like certain things like that that will have there will be colorways uh, variants and uh, limited edition stuff like that. So so hope is not lost. We will still do something to kind of you know make everybody happy. So if Smoke Train is your favorite wrestler and you have a favorite Smoke Train match, you will have a you know several incarnations of your favorite wrestler, Smoke Train. So. I hope I answered your your question as best I could without saying anything incriminating. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say anything incriminating, and you didn't give away the farm. So I, you're you're, no. you're yeah. good at this already. You're good at this already. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. You know, <laughs> I don't know, but I do love WWE. I do love Mattel, and I do love Bill McKenna. Believe it or not, he's a great guy. He's ordered oh, several awesome. things for me. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. And I go way back before Steve even worked for Mattel. So I have nothing but respect for those guys. And I love what they do, sincerely. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm glad that we can all work together. And uh, I love all you other guys, too. Even if you hate me, it's fine. That's okay. I, I understand. But I still love you guys. And I appreciate everybody that's pitching in to keep the dream alive with the Hasbro-esque figures. So will the line stay in that um, Hasbro retro style, or are there plans to expand to more styles? This is another good question. 
I will always keep the dream alive with the Hasbro-esque figures. But next question. <laughs> yes, there'll be there'll be some other stuff coming down the pipe. Pike the pike, the pipeline, the pike, I don't know. It's, whatever it is, it's coming. Something's coming. You're but yeah, there's like, gonna, you can say the pike. Where, where the pike. The yeah. Jersey Turnpike. Hey. Yeah. My hey. cousins in New Jersey. Um Yeah. Plus don't forget Sal is doing the ECW yeah. um mm-hmm. Rush Rush Collectibles. He's doing the uh the ECW San Francisco Toymaker style figures. So that's a separate you know, again I have I have nothing to do with that, but I'm just saying there are, you know, there are other things. And I know some of the other companies have done um, the six-inch figures. And, and bone yeah. crunchers. <laughs> Those are awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Did you see that Macho Man? How are they even doing? I don't even know how that works. I don't know how like, they I don't know how they fig- yeah, figured that I out. I don't know. But, hey. Isn't there an atom bomb coming out, too? There's an atom bomb. There's a blue yeah, mini. Blue I mini. Think, I, it seems like something... And I, I don't know how factual this is, but from what I can tell, that it looks like Cella might have been purchased by, by wrestling yeah, trader. By wrestling, wrestling trader, trader, yeah. It seems mm-hmm. like that's what what happened. I don't know if maybe they ran into some issues with managing like production, or that they they were documenting it pretty well on their their social media feed. But it seems like um, wrestling trader is is kind of taking the reins. But um, but yeah. But to your point, uh. Lots of options out there, but we're yeah, excited for, there. we're excited for what you have to offer here. You know, I appreciate it. I like I said, I um, I really, I really, I'm digging everything that I'm just on a personal level. And listeners don't take this the wrong way, but I'm very happy I don't collect wrestling figures right now personally because there would be thousands of dollars a year spent on all these because I, 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 I'm compelled to support all these people, you know, and uh I, w- I would just be broke from buying it can, can confirm. Yeah. It's um it's tough. It's not easy. <laughs> it's, it's not really tough. It really isn't. You know, there's so much there's just so much content now. And, I uh, wish more of it sucked. <laughs> yeah. I wish any of it did. Like uh, it's all good. Yeah, this is true. I, any of it. You, yeah. Somebody please you know make it here. <laughs> my problem is this. It, I leaned over to my wife the other night. <clears throat> we were just laying there watching TV or whatever, and I'm like, "Man, I uh, now we're making these Hasbro style figures." And I'm like, "Shit, now I really want to go back and get all the Hasbros again, so I can stick my, I can stick my my figures with the Hasbros." And she just gave me like the dirtiest look, man. And I was like. Never mind. I uh, you know, I think it's a bad idea. You know, but I think don't tell her. But I think little by little, I'm gonna be like, oh, I got this, so I can compare the scale to research. Know. Yeah, I mean, and you can see mm-hmm. they're they're in scale. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, it's research. Yeah, it's research and development. So I have to get them. Mm-hmm. So little by little, maybe you know. Well, that's the thing. Uh, you write you write a line item into the the line's budget. You yes. Have that R and D line item. Yes. And it's like, hey, you know, like maybe I cut some of these figures in half to figure out mechanisms and like maybe some of them are just for scale purposes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another thing too, man. Like I wish I could get these things to have actions, you know? Yeah. But yeah. 
I also feel like for what they are, they don't need actions, you know? And I, I don't mean, think people, people want to pay double the amount for figures just so they can go like, you know, like that. You know what I mean? The other I thing think, too is like, realistically, the people who are buying these, like, like we're not playing with, we're them. not, no, we're not playing. With right. Them. Right. Which is what, what everybody says, you know, but just me as being like a, an insanely, you know, OCD, <laughs> I don't even know, anal person. I just, I want them to have those actions, you know, it's just, it's not cost efficient. It just doesn't, it's, you know, and a lot of people, like you say, are keeping them carded. They're not, you know, if they're opening them. They're just putting them here on the shelf. You know what I mean? So yeah, they're not essential, but they, it would be awesome to, I wish I had the money and the power to, to do this. You know what I mean? But, it's just uh, it's not in the cards, at least not right now. Anyway, you know. So before we head into our our final question here, uh, there's just one other thing I wanted to ask. You know, we, we've we've talked about you know in depth about the store and how you've you know you've moved the store and you've learned a lot through the store and now you've launched this toy line. Is there anything that you've learned from owning a, a toy store that you're kind of taking with you into starting a toy line? Like, is there is there anything that you're doing? You know, any of those learnings that kind of inform the decisions that you're making as as now somebody who, who runs a toy line? Yes. Um, it, it helps, like, when you know how to, like, budget certain things and, like, what you got to do to get to certain levels. And, uh, you know, thankfully, because of the store and because of my, uh, I guess, good dealings with people, um, I feel like that's definitely contributed indirectly or directly to um, the success that we had right away. You know what I mean? Like um, that's why I always try to like support like, like Sal who doesn't have a store who doesn't do this full time, who, you know, just kind of starting out in the toy business, you know what I mean? Uh, because he didn't have to follow him and he did it. You know, he, he did a lot with what, you know, what he, he had, you know what I mean? I feel like, you know, it was a little, it was, it was slightly easier because I had, like you say, I had the experience. I had the distribution. I already know how to like pack up 50 boxes in a day. You know what I mean? Because I did a massive claim sale or something like that. So that's all going to help me. You know what I mean? Um, and then uh, the fact that, I mean, the first and foremost thing uh, is that I made these, lifelong friends in this business. So like I'd say 90% of the people that you see that I've signed for grapplers and gimmicks or that I produced, I'm producing figures of uh, already are people that I've already spoken to or I've had at my had in the New York store um, or people that, that I've already had relationships with, you know, I didn't have to like, for most of them, I didn't have to, Hey, can you get me so-and-so's number or I have to go through an agent or had to blah, blah, blah. Thankfully I've, I've treated a lot of the talent and a lot of the wrestlers with respect uh, because I do respect them and uh, the sacrifices they, they really did make, you know, it sounds like when WWE says it sometimes on these pot, on these documentaries, it kind of sounds like you, you know, they, it's kind of like, not cliche, but it's something that it's like a standard and it maybe becomes um, like desensitized. You become desensitized to it a little bit. But when I say it, I could say it from personal experience that it really is 
that's genuine. You know what I mean? And it, what they say is true, you know, because I, I sit with these guys at dinner, you know, that's a popular rib now too, with the steaks and all, but you know, I speak to these guys about their life experiences and, you know, and you treat them, you just got to treat them nice, man. And you treat, you treat everybody nice. It doesn't matter if they're famous or not. Um, and it, you know, it, there's, there's one lesson that I learned in life is that it comes back to you, man. You treat people nice. You treat, you know, you treat, I'm a big, big believer in karma, you know? So if you, you know, so yes, to your, to answer your question, a hundred percent, it's definitely helped me. You know, there is a lot of, there is a lot of good that came out of, out of owning the store and, and, and already having some kind of a foundation with these guys and stuff like that. So. Well, with that, it's time uh, for our final question. So, Dave, would you like to fulfill your role as this podcast's James Lipton and ask our final question? Why, yes, I would. <laughs> so our final question that we ask to all of our guests, what is your favorite and or strangest piece in your collection? It can be one of each or it can be both. Mm. The strangest... Ooh, this is good. This is a good question. Uh, the strangest thing I own. I don't know if it's strange, but I have like a weird obsession with Popeye. And I actually bought a Robin Williams custom 1-6 head a few years ago. And I'm pretty good at painting uh, from my customizing days. And I, I put together, assembled a, a Popeye one sixth action figure um, of Rob Williams because there's literally zero action figures of Rob Williams as Popeye from the 1980 movie, and um, so that's probably the most unique or strange thing that I own. It's something that I put together from you know different pieces and stuff like that. Um, that's amazing. Will... You're going to have to share a picture of that with us. Yeah, that's really cool. Because oh, I also have a weird Popeye obsession. It's spinach. spinach is actually my favorite vegetable because <laughs> Same. Um, uh, spinach rolls, spinach from a can, frozen spinach, creamed spinach. I eat it all. I literally and just picked Boss up Fight Studios. Boss Fight Studios Popeye. Yeah. It's I have Popeye, I have Olive, and and Bluto will be here tomorrow. So. Who was it? Castor oil was the other one, or yeah, or coal yeah. oil, one of the other yeah. oils. Yeah, it's Castor. I'm not getting all of them. I'm I'm cherry picking, but uh, I have yeah. I have all the um, all the Mezco figures from the early 2000s. Uh, I have a figure that's you can't even find anywhere online. It's like a Japanese Toy Fair exclusive. Um, it's just like one of the rarest action figures, I guess, in existence that people don't know about. Wow. Um, yeah. I think it's up there with like the blank, uh, from Dick Tracy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'll send you tons of pictures, man. I got, I got a pretty sick Popeye collection. Um, so I have that, uh, that Nintendo from like the early eighties, the game and watch tabletop. The, so the green the one handheld. Yeah. Game and touch. Yeah. The green one. I have it. I still have my original one from when I was a kid. Yeah, that was that's mine too. Yeah, yep. it's just mine's missing the battery uh, door, the little slidey thing. But other than that, it's still fully functional. So nice. Yeah, that's great. That you know that music uh, when you get the mm -hmm. spinach. Oh, it's the best. And she kicks the spinach can. Oh man, 
But uh, I also have um, the Popeye, the board game. There was a board game that came out for the movie. It's like a square box. But I, I don't have the pieces for it anymore, but I still have the original uh, square. Uh, I'll send you guys pictures of it. It's so awesome. Very cool. Um, one of my favorite pieces. It's also one of my favorites. Uh, but I have a few. Um, I think my favorite my favorite piece is probably a tie. I have the premium format um, mummy. I love that. That's probably one of my rarest um, and favorite, most favorite pieces that I own. Um, it's massive and it's, it's hard to get as well. Um, but I also have a prototype of the library ghost from, I know of only two other people in the world that have one. One of them is Matt Cardona, and the other guy, the other one is this guy Shrek. The Shrek, uh, he's got like a page on, on Facebook. He's a cool guy, um, but he also owns one. So I'm one of three people in the world that have this prototype of the library ghost from uh, Eleanor Twitty from Ghostbusters. So that's that's probably my two favorite things. That's awesome. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. So uh, before we let you go. Uh, Please remind our our uh, listeners where can they find you on the web? Uh, where can they find you on on uh, social media? And most importantly, uh, where can they pre-order their uh, grapplers and gimmicks? Uh, Charles Wright Smoke Train. So it's a Hastel toy uh, and or grapplers and gimmicks on Instagram. That's the best way to kind of keep in touch and find out uh, you know what's going on and what figures are coming out and all that good stuff. Also Facebook. Hastel Toy, H-A-S-T-T-E-L-T-O-Y, one toy, not two. Um, HasteltToy.com is where you can go and um, purchase your pre-order for the um, smoke train. And I will also reveal another thing because I've had so much fun here, genuinely. I will reveal one other thing, and that is about five days ago, I paid for the entire run to be made. So they are officially, officially, officially uh, in the works. And so we won't have to wait a year to have them. Uh, we won't have to wait, you know, five months to have them. Hopefully, um, you know, within two and a half months-ish, we should have them in hand. Uh, and, and we'll distribute those. In, in, the, in the meantime, we will be doing another pre-order. Um, I believe Ahmed, uh, AKA Tony Norris is what we're calling it will be the next figure in the line, which I believe is a very popular one. People are really looking forward to that one. Um, and the only reason for that is, um, again, these are all exclusive things that I have not revealed anywhere else. Um, is that the Savio, it took, a, it was supposed to be, Savio was supposed to be second and aka Juan Rivera was supposed to be second but uh with the sculpt I couldn't I just didn't I wanted it a certain way and we did a lot of back and forth and I think now we finally perfected it so it's done but uh in order to keep the ball rolling so to speak I uh I decided to put Ahmed Johnson ahead because we got the sculpt. We got the sculpt down to where I wanted it. 
Um, and I felt like it was perfect, uh, literally perfect. And so I decided to make the judgment call to just kind of skip, um, skip a little bit just so, just so we can make the, the Tio Savio perfect because I want, I want it to look exactly how I imagined it. So, but anyway, so yeah, so there's a little bit of a, you know, exclusive info for you guys. (laughs) So. Awesome. You won't have to wait. You won't have to wait a terribly long time if you pre-order the uh, Godfather um, smoke train figure. He's the Godfather on Instagram if you want to follow him. So that's funny. Well, congratulations, man! That's huge news. Yeah. So, so man, awesome. you guys got it. So I haven't even posted that on Instagram or anything. Probably within the next few days. Once this airs, I'll give it a day or two, whatever. You let me know, and then uh, I'll probably announce that you know. Uh, whatever I said to you just now as far as like distribution and manufacturing and stuff like that. So, but it's in the works. Very cool. Well, sweet. We'll, we'll of course include links to, to everything that you mentioned, you know, in the show notes. So you know, everyone that's listening, you know, just hit the show notes, tap the links and, you know, hit the follow buttons and the, the subscribe buttons and all that. Uh, Mitch, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Um, you know, we're really excited to see, you know, what, what you do next with, uh, with grapplers and gimmicks. It's a pleasure. You know, I, I, I love being on here and you guys asked legitimately, I mean it from my heart. Like you, you asked me some good stuff that I hadn't been asked previously. Um, so, you know, you guys got a good thing rolling here. Just keep it rolling, you know, just follow your heart. And uh seems like you guys already have a, a pretty nice following and everything, but it can only grow and get better. So just keep, you know, keep doing your thing and, you know, I'll be here to help you guys. And if you ever want to have me back on again, you know, I'm always, you know, down the road. Um, I'll always be here, you know, at your disposal if you if you want to have me back on again. All right. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Dave, send so. us home. Everybody, have fun. Enjoy, enjoy all your toys. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.